are in a series called The Organic Life, and what we are talking about is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is just what happens naturally, like, a, like an orange tree naturally has oranges, a lemon tree naturally has lemons. A Christian, a follower of Jesus, a disciple, naturally has this stuff called fruit. And, um, and so when I look in my life, and we're going to be talking specifically about patience this morning, and as I've mentioned many, many times, though, that's the tiniest fruit in my life. Those are the grapes in my life. I have other fruit of the Spirit that seems to be just doing fine. Watermelons. Okay, great. But patience happens to be a little one. I'm getting better. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. But we have this uh, fruit that just happens. And so, um, and, and what Galatians talks about is this idea that if I'm following Jesus and I'm really close to him and I'm listening to him, then love will be very prevalent in my life. And joy and peace, which Marquise preached on last week. If you did not hear last week's sermon, Marquise killed it. That means it was good, by the way, just for those of you who are like, wow, uh, he crushed. It was awesome. So listen to that. But patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all things that we as followers of Jesus bring into our place of business. We bring them into our family. We bring them into our neighborhoods. We should just walk in and just be like these healthy trees, right? That's what we're looking for. And then in Galatians, we're not going to go over it right now, but it talks about the flesh or our culture or our natural tendencies, our sin nature is the opposite. It goes for whatever we want. It's all about us. What do we get? Who, who, who wins? What, if, does my tribe get to win? If my tribe wins, wins, I'm happy. If my tribe loses, I'm sad. And, then, and it's these different things. And they're in competition with each other, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is actually opposed to it. And your flesh is opposed to the Holy Spirit. It says, I don't want to have all that. It's just too much work sometimes. And so I put these two together, especially in the realm of patience. Our culture is designed around comfort and expedience. That is our culture. That is, I'm just picking on America this morning. That's America, right? Oh, the food was great. Um, the ambiance was great. Uh, it wasn't fast. The service wasn't fast enough. Two stars, <laughs> you know, like it didn't go the way I wanted to. Comfort. And expedience. And I, I wrote some stuff on here. Tweets. We, we even limit the number of characters. You're not allowed to really have nuance or discussion. You better get that bad boy nailed in 240 characters or else I ain't got time for that, right? There's a study. I didn't get into it all. I was going to research it, but I didn't have time. Uh, that if, if a video that you want to watch, like all excited, if it buffers for two seconds, two seconds, you, you have like a 25% chance that you're like, ah, I don't, I don't even need it. If it buffers for 10 seconds, there's like an 80% chance you will not watch that video. 10 seconds, right? Okay. Uh, memes. We love memes. Why? Because you look at a picture, it has a little text, and you're like, you just nailed the Democrats. Yay! Off I go, right? Or the Republicans, whatever. Fast food. I've been in a fast food line. I was in Del Taco a couple weeks ago, and it like literally took me four minutes to get my food, and I'm like, this is an outrage. Okay. Uh, ne next day shipping. Okay. I'm the guy. So it's two-day shipping with Amazon Prime, right? I'm the guy who pays the extra $2.99 to get it the same day. 
That's me. Okay. Uh, we buy on credit. I can't afford it now, but I have to have it now. So like America is mired in debt. I mean, completely mired in debt. I've got to have it now. I don't care what it costs. I'll pay extra over time so that I can experience it and love it. Porn. Okay, sorry, for those of you who are new, it's just who we are. Not porn, but we just say the way it is. <laughs> porn, right? Instant gratification, okay? I won't get into the biology of it. Bitcoin, right? Oh, man, get rich quick. Oh, my goodness. Who would have thought that a fictitious currency that doesn't exist could lose so much money? Anyway, uh, <laughs> on, on demand, right? So, Spider-Man comes out. Everybody I talk to loves Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. I won't watch it until it streams, okay? Because you got to drive to a movie theater. Ain't nobody got time for that. Okay. <laughs> YouTube, Google Text. This is what I, I just kind of thought of this. Our culture is think, click, have. I thought of it. Oh, my goodness. Get my phone out. Oh, it's coming tomorrow? Mm, $2.99 I want it this evening. Okay. All right. Expediency is foreign to the Bible. It doesn't exist in the Bible. All through the Bible. Wait, 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 wait. That's why I don't like the Bible. But I have to because Jesus says I have to. But expediency is foreign. Noah takes him 50 years to build a ship. Okay? I would have done Amazon Prime, do it yourself. Four and a half stars at least. Done. Right? Joseph. God tells him in a dream, you're going to rule over your brothers. 14 years later, after being in slavery, being in prison, being falsely accused, that doesn't happen. David, you're going to be king, King David. He's 15 years on the run. Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. Sarah, your uh, older uh, wife, is uh, going to have a baby. Impossible. That takes decades. Moses, let your people go. Goes in, kills an Egyptian, comes back out. Forty years later, he leads the people. Forty years. Israel goes on an 11-day trip. It takes him 40 years. Jesus, he goes to the temple. His mom is like, because he's 12-year-old Jesus, right? So he knows everything. So Jesus goes to the temple, uh, and he's talking with the rabbis. And they're like, oh my goodness, you're so smart. And he goes, um, and then the mom is like, Yo, come here. You know, I don't know if you have kids, but come over here. And then, and then Jesus, she says, he, she, he says, don't you know I'm going to be about my father's business? And she goes, yeah, you're going to be about your father's business. Make tables. 18 years later, he starts his ministry. Paul, he goes to Syria and Sicilia, right? So we all know the story of Paul. Paul's blinded on the road to Damascus, plants all these churches. Actually, this is a typo. It's 14 years. He spends 14 years in Syria. We don't know anything about that. And Sicilia, right? Then he comes back, and then there's the ministry, all right? Saul couldn't wait seven days. It cost him the kingdom. I want to now slow down just a little bit and look at Saul, who blew it, and then we're going to look at Paul after that. We're going to go Old Testament, New Testament. Here goes Saul. So what happens is Samuel, who's an amazing prophet, read First and Second Samuel. If you're new to the Bible, most people tell you to read John first, which is great. Read John. I would read Philippians if you're just like brand new. But if you're going to do Old Testament, First and Second Samuel is like killer. There's all sorts of great stuff in there. Could be a, a, a Netflix series if you want it. It has everything. 
Uh, so Samuel is this prophet. He anoints Saul to be king, and, and they're going up against the Philistines. And he says, hey, go to Gilgad, Gilead, stay there for seven days. I'm going to come, sacrifice, and that'll be like opening ceremonies to kick off the war, okay? And that'll make, that, we're going to bless everything with God. But just wait seven days. Saul takes his troops. He's got thousands of them. Day one, cool. Day two, great. Day three, oh, it's going along. Day four, hmm, maso menos. It's starting to like leave, okay? And so people start to leave. And Saul starts to get nervous. Sound familiar? It's not happening as fast as you want. And so you begin to, oh boy, oh boy. Maybe you're dating and you're like, ah, haven't found that spouse yet. And the Lord's telling you, well, let's just hold off and new. Okay, I can wait. I can wait, but I'm already in my late 20s. And oh, the little biological clock's ticking. Everything's going, oh, I don't know, right? This is what happens to all of us. Maybe you're starting a business. Maybe you want something in the future. And God's like, hey, why don't you just save up money for that? And you're like, that sounds like the devil. Anyway, so you go through the, the whole, whole thing, right? It's super familiar. Well, day six, okay. This is the thing with Saul. He makes it to day seven. He makes it to day seven. And then he's like, Samuel said he was going to be here day seven, and it's already like two o'clock in the afternoon. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, if you're going to be here on the seventh day, it's going to be eight o'clock in the morning, and you're already late. And so he offers the sacrifice, which to you and I, we just think, what's the big deal? Well, it was a big deal to God, Okay. Just as he finished making the, the offering, Samuel arrives. And Saul says in the Hebrew, oh, snap. <laughs> and he walks out to greet him. Okay, you ever done this? You ever been caught? Right? And you're like, hey, man, what's up? You know, whatever it is, you kind of put it. Yeah, no, nothing here. Nothing to see here. Your wife might ask you. I can only speak from the, the male perspective. Your wife might ask you, so what did you buy? You're like, huh? <laughs> what did I buy? And you don't answer the question. You ever do this? It was on sale is the answer. What was on sale? Well, see what, see what happened was, right? So that's what happens. Samuel asked the question, what have you done? You, didn't we agree on seven days? That's seven days. I'm here. What, what have you done? And Saul replies the same way I do and we all do when we don't have the patience to wait for the promise of God. Because really, all a lack of patience is, is I couldn't wait for the promise. God has promised us all sorts of stuff. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's going to take care of us, all these things. But it, it's not happening the, the time frame we want and when we want it to happen. Saul replied, when I saw the men were scattering, in other words, it was a big deal. I started getting really nervous and that you did not come at the set time. Samuel, it's a you problem. It's my spouse's problem. It's my boss's problem. It's the government's problem. When I saw that the tax structure was just not the way it's supposed to be, I fudged some numbers, okay? And that the Philistines were assembling at Micmash, which I just think is a great name for a band. Uh, Micmash, okay? Here's the first problem he has. I thought. 
That's where it all starts. Right up here, I thought. We'll get into the whole series of what happened to Samuel and I mean to Saul in a second. I thought. I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me. In other words, I thought, worst case scenario. Are you like me? Am I the only one in here that thinks worst case scenario? This is what I think. Oh my goodness, if I don't take care of it, nothing will take care of it. Oh my goodness, if I don't, you know, maybe you think about it now. If you're a millennial, God bless you. I don't know how you're surviving in this economy, but like to buy a house for a millennial is literally impossible unless you have hell. And you're thinking, oh no, the prices are going up, interest rates are going up, and you just want to like, I don't care what it's going to take you want to buy. I thought I'll never be able to be in a house. I thought if I don't sleep with him, what if we, he'll ne- then I'll never have a boyfriend again or a girlfriend again or whatever. I thought, I thought, I thought, the worst case scenario, they'll come against me at Gilgal. And I have, oh, I said Gilead, whatever. I have sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled. So I thought... So I felt, I thought, and then it's like, oh boy, I I felt. I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. Here's what I did. I just took everything else out. I thought and I felt. That's every impulsive decision I've ever made, ever. I thought and I felt. So I got, um, both Lisa and I got flipped off this week on separate occasions. Now, Lisa, I understand, but me... (laughs) I'm a flower. I am like so innocent. And what happened, by the way, just so we're clear, that is the exact response I was hoping for. So great, great. Lisa's probably, she ain't even watching online. She's with her friends. Okay, so I thought and I felt. So, so, uh, so she, got, she was in a Chick-fil-A and she was telling this guy to go in and go in and go in and he wasn't, so she went in and then, and then the, the devastation happened. And then, and then, of course, with Lisa, this is the difference, she pulled out and let him go back in. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> kind, of, kind of weird. Anyway, um, so me... I'm just minding my own business. I'm driving, and uh, so my light's green, and there's two lanes, and this guy comes out of a parking lot, and and he blocks both lanes because he wants to turn left, but the left turn arrow is red, so he just parks in front of both of us. So on my car, in the steering wheel, there's a little, um, it's like an information center. (laughs) And so when you press it, it it informs those around you that... um, it just gives them information. Maybe they're not doing the right thing. So I, I inform them uh, that. And so he's, his, his side window is right in front of my windshield. And he takes, and I don't want to get into it all, but he takes his both hands off the fr- steering wheel and gestures with both hands. <laughs> both of them. Which I thought was just like, oh, he says, I'll only be here 11 seconds. I thought it was 11. I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I'm a Christian. I've never done anything like that. And so, uh, and so I started thinking, because I'm preaching on patience, and I have no patience for that. <laughs> right? So I happen to have access to an information center. And so I decided to th- inform him again. Don't say lay on the horn. Nobody said that. And so that's what happened. But see, I thought I was disrespected, and I felt angry. I thought it was unfair, and I felt outrage. You see what I'm saying? Is this bringing home enough? Okay, you're going to find another church. I understand that. (laughs) At least I'm honest. 
Okay. I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer a burnt offering. Watch what he happens. I saw the Philistines. Those are Mark's circumstances. You did not come. You did not meet my expectations, or my expectations were not met. I thought, I processed, and I felt. That is a recipe for no patience in your life and in my life. All right? So I'm just, I saw, oh my goodness, I'm going to be late, right? Expectations, right? No one should ever cut me off because I expect that I will get everywhere I go without incident. Come on. I thought I was disrespected and I felt outrage. That's the process. Here's how Samuel responds. You're a dummy. Okay. I took liberty there. He actually just says, you have done a foolish thing. You've done a foolish thing. Now, I know we're, jo we're joking around and it's funny and all that stuff. And, and I, I get it. And if somebody flips you off, that's really great. But what if it's your finances? What if it's your character? What if it's a decision of who you're going to marry, who you're not going to marry, who you're going to date, if you should join that fraternity, if you should go to that party, if you should? What, what, what if it's you're raising children and you have a household that's just mired in impatience and this little boy, this little girl is growing up in that? What if you have an anger issue? What, what if? We do a foolish thing. Because see, what we see in this story, and again, I know we're talking about the nation of Israel, and this is a big deal, but it, this drives all the way down to our everyday decisions. Samuel says this, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. In other words, someone else is going to take that place and appointed him ruler over his people. He's not even been introduced yet. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. In other words, you gave up something. Impatience. Okay, listen to me, because I'm talking to me. Impatience, John, always requires you give up God's best. It always requires that. Hebrews says it this way. We don't want you to become lazy. Now, I, when I said you're a dummy, I made that up, right? But this is the actual word in the Bible. We don't want you to become lazy. Well, what's lazy? Lazy is just getting it right away. Lazy is just, I, want, I, I see, click, have. Think, click, have. That's lazy. It's a, ah, on demand is lazy. Tweets, I'm sorry, are just lazy. Like, sharing stuff on social media is just lazy. You're just lazy. Like, you're not doing anything. I don't want you to become lazy, but imitate those who th through faith and patience, faith and patience, say faith and patience. That's it. That's what you're going to do this week. Inherit what has been promised. Jesus, uh, I won't get into it uh, real quick. I'm just going to get to this uh, section real quickly. Um, Jesus talks about it here um, where he says, for John baptized uh, with water, but in a few days, so that's this week actually, next week is Pentecost. So when Jesus says this in the Bible, it would have been this today that he said it. 
because Pentecost came a week. But in a few days, the, that Greek word for few days means, it's basically a weird word. It's like a lot, but the opposite of that. So it's nebulous. The disciples don't know. Jesus says, hey, look, John baptized with water, but at some time coming up, all I want you to do is stay in Jerusalem. Do you know how difficult that kind of command is? Wait, just stay for how long? And then, beep, there goes Jesus. Like, wait, how long? How long? Well, an act of the Holy Spirit happens on the, act, on the Holy Spirit's time frame. The same with us. What God has promised for us happens on his time frame. Well, you say, well, I want to get married now. I want to have this thing now. I want to get this job now. I want to do this now. Doesn't work that way. Not in the kingdom of God. So, your point for this morning, one point. Patience is the pathway for the promise. And a lack of patience always costs you what is promised. So, for example, the Lord says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You mean I don't have to react that way? No, you don't. Oh, but I just, what if I don't say it right now? I'm going to say it right now. Ah, oh, you just lost what was promised. It was all going to be fine. But you had to say that, didn't you? Yes, because I saw, and then my expectations weren't met, and so I thought, and then I felt, and I just said it. If I took a poll right now, I would imagine that for most of us, our worst things happened because we couldn't wait. The decisions that we made, the grief we share, the shame we have is because we couldn't wait. The situation's really hard. I'm going to medicate. No, 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 no. You go through the pain. It's going to be hard. It's very difficult. I understand. Don't medicate. Don't medicate. You're going to, it's not going to work. And then you could deal with addiction. And then we go, oh man, how did I end up this way? Lack, lack of patience. Okay. So we see here the fruit of the Spirit has patience in it. And that those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. In other words, they don't have to have it right now. And here's the frustrating part. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with Him. When He's slow, we go slow. When He's quick, we go quick. Um, real quick, this is the... You can look up patience in dictionary.com. You don't need that. But here's my definition of patience, and I'm actually really proud about it. Okay, I might have stolen it from someone, but I don't remember. So as far as I'm concerned, it's mine. Experiencing the contentment of Christ's presence in the midst of circumstances that are beyond our control. We'll go back to the way I handled uh, the sign language incident uh, while I was driving. Christ was with me in the car, okay? Christ's presence is always with me, okay? Now, I was confronted with something that was offensive, not my fault. It wasn't my fault that the light turned green, right? Okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I could have, in that time, just slowed down and said, God, this is so funny. Like, how, how, how do you deal with this stuff? How do you deal with somebody's brokenness? And it could have been a really great learning experience. Now, I think I let myself off the hook because I actually handled it better than I had like maybe a decade ago. But I have still such a long way to go. But patience, whether it's 
waiting to get married, waiting to buy a house, whatever God you think God has for you and it has not yet happened, is just experiencing the contentment of Christ's presence in the midst of the circumstances that are beyond your control. And here's something I say every single year, probably four times a year. I've been here 16 years, four times a year. You have never been, are not now, and will never be in control, ever. You can control yourself, and you can control your spouse. No, I'm just joking. That was a joke. Your kids. No. You can't even control yourself to some extent. You can have self-control, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but you can't control whether you get cancer. You can't control whether one of your kids has a disease that you now have to deal with for a decade of management. You're not in control. But you can experience God's presence in the midst of it. That's what patience is. All right, we're going to go real quick. I, I, like I said, we're going to end a little late because we, we, we took some really needed time to lament. Um, uh, Paul's talking to the church in Philippians. So I told you we're going to look at Saul, who didn't do it right. Now we're going to look at Paul, who apparently does everything right. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, for at last you renewed your concern for me. Paul's in prison. Okay, talk about patience. And somehow he's handling it well, okay? He's in prison unjustly, and somehow he's handling it well. Jesus gets persecuted, crucified. He's constantly under pressure from people in power, and somehow he handles it well. So he's handling it well, and they gave him a gift. They gave him a, a monetary gift. And so Paul is trying to do this dance of like, he's really thankful for the gift, but he's trying to show them that he's really not all about money. It happens to pastors all the time. I have to preach on money. I have to. It's in the Bible. It's the most talked about subject in the Bible. But every time I do, I always feel this thing of like, listen, I don't drive a Tesla or the, I wish I, anyway, I don't drive a Tesla, whatever. It's just this odd thing. Paul's going through the same process. I rejoice greatly that you got me this gift. You were concerned, but you had no opportunity. In other words, you weren't in control. You, 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 you love me, but it's just not on anybody's time frame. Okay? And then he says this weird thing. I'm not saying this because I am in need. Yes, you are, Paul. You're in prison. You can't make any money. You can't fund the ministry. You're totally in need. Like, okay, let me just say this right now. If I end up in prison, I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to be in need. Whatever I say, I'm in need. I'm in prison. Same with Paul. But you begin to get this hint like, whoa, maybe he's on to something. Maybe that even in the midst of these circumstances, there's something else. And he says this, this is so encouraging. This next verse is so encouraging. For those of you who lack patience, for those of you who are in a situation right now that you want to end, right? Whatever it is, you want your adult children out of the house. You want what, whatever it is you're going through, this is so encouraging. Because the lie of our culture is once your circumstances change, it'll all be better, right? Isn't that always the promise at the end of the rainbow? Watch what Paul says. Paul says it's way better than that. Way better. For I have learned to be content. We can learn that? You can learn that? What? 
That's so encouraging. I can learn to be content, whatever the circumstances. Paul says, look, thank you for the gift. And he says later, it's going to come back to you. He's just excited for them because they're mature Christians. They understand generosity. They understand giving. They understand that all the money they have was given to them by God. They understand all that. He's very excited about that. But even if they didn't send any money, Paul would have been okay. Paul would have been fine. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've been on both sides of the coin, and I don't require either one to be content. I can experience the contentment of God's presence regardless of my circumstances. That is what we call or what I define as patience. Patience. I can deal with it. And then he uses this really cool term. I have learned the secret, okay? So again, I'm going to geek out just a little bit in the Bible. Stay with me. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, you don't have to geek out in order to understand the Bible. That's very clear. But what Paul uses is a phrase that they used back then. There was this cult, okay? A Greek cult. And it had to do with Hermes and Zeus and Epaphrodite who got sent to Hades. It's a long thing. It was just really awesome. And if you were in this cult, it was all secret. It was all secret. And what the term you'd use is, I've been initiated into the mysteries. In other words, I know stuff. You know, now I'm not talking about conspiracy theory, you know, whatever, political thing you got, or you understand the deep state, or any of that stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about He's saying, I've been initiated into the mysteries. In other words, there's a way to look at life that's like amazing, but hardly anyone ever does it. It's like being in this cult. It's almost like what he's telling the Philippians. Like if I had to tell you, I would say it this way. I've been red-pilled. Okay, so if any of you watch The Matrix, there's a, this, like, the, the biggest time in The Matrix is this thing where Morpheus says, you can take the red pill and see how deep the rabbit hole goes. Or you can take the blue pill and just wake up tomorrow just like nothing ever happened. Which one do you want? Right? That's what he's saying. Paul says, I've been red-pilled. I've, I've, I've realized that my circumstances don't have any control over anything. Do you know how freeing that is? And my lack of patience or my little fruit patience indicates that I'm not living that life. That I still think my circumstances are a big deal. My, my, if I'm late to a meeting that has eternal consequences and a red, red-pilled person or a person who's been initiated into the mysteries of following Jesus goes, oh, that's not going to mean anything in eternity. So, he says... Here's the secret. I can do all this, all of it. Poverty, singleness, marriedness, no kids, 10 kids. Okay, maybe it doesn't apply to 10 kids, but eight kids, okay? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, this isn't any Tim Tebow, you know, Philippians, whatever, 413 under, you know, I don't know if you've seen him, but... He, you know, he's famous for saying this, right? It comes from Philippians, and uh, that's not what this is. Just like, I'm going to go play golf and hit a 300-yard drive. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like, it's not that. 
It's whatever it is that's in your way, the circumstance that's in your way, you can get through it if you're a follower of Jesus. You can make it. I wrote it down this way, kind of translating what he said. I have the power to face all such situations in union with the one who continually infuses me with strength. As the worship band comes back up, here's what I want to end with. It's super easy. It's so easy to memorize. Hard to do. <laughs> okay. I can. I can. If you're single right now, and you're thinking, I don't, know, I, I don't know if I can stay single. You can. You can. If you say, oh my goodness, my, 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 my financial situation is this way. If I only had 10,000 more dollars, everything would be... So you can make it through that. Through him. So here's what I'm going to say. Just, here's what we're going to say. Say, I can... Through him. That is patience. I can through him. Person pulls in front of me, flips me off. I can handle that. Come on, dude. You've been a Christian for flipping 40 years. I can handle that. Through him, not on my own. My own, I want to put a big bumper on my car and just boom, just drive him into traffic. You like that? Right? I can't through me, but I can through him. Second Corinthians says this, this is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I love this stuff, he basically Paul says. I love this stuff. Insults, hardships, people cutting me off, all this stuff. I love it. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Once, once my weakness has been exposed, it's like perfect. That's where Christ comes in. I can through him. We're going to take a time of reflection right now. And again, I'm sorry we, we, we went over it this morning. I knew we would. Um, but it was really important uh, to reflect and lament. Uh, as small of a token as that was, I realized. Um, but we're going to play one last song. And um, hopefully during this time, our, our, our hope is that you, you could either get on your app and just check in, which we, which we love for you to do, or fill out your connection card. The thing we love the most about all that is there's a little place called prayer requests. We pray for every single one of those every single week. So if there's something you're going through, maybe it's your lack of patience. Maybe it's something you're going through. Write it on there. We love to pray for that. And then when we're done and maybe the Lord will speak to you through this song or through just being sitting there quietly or you at home, if you're watching uh, online, you're just sitting down taking a deep breath because you know Monday's coming and you're like, I can through him. I can through him. Uh, this might be a time for him to talk to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, being a non-anxious presence in our lives, fueling us, empowering us. We're just so thankful for all that you do for us. God, help us in the moment to realize I can wait. I can wait a little bit longer. I can wait a little bit longer through you. In your name, amen. All right, if you're not standing, go ahead and stand for the blessing. If you feel comfortable doing that. For those of you who are watching online, you can do that too. And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
I pray you would go in his peace, in his strength, in his wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday.